Hello and welcome to the Turtle Tracks Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Van Hooker, and I'm here with toy maker James Groman, who has worked on, well, uh, just about every toy out there. You've been on Care Bears, My Pit Monster, Barnyard Commandos, Star Wars, Godzilla, and countless others. Uh, how are you doing today? Thanks for doing this. Uh, yeah, I'm doing great. No, I, I love talking about this stuff because uh, this was an awesome project, you know, so uh, I was really happy to be involved, mostly because... I'm a huge Universal Monster movie fan and uh, know the history of the Turtles. I was around when it was first, you know, made into a toy and everything. So it was really cool. So, yeah, uh, James Groman is the guy who's doing all the sculptures for the um, the NECA uh, uh, Universal Monsters mashup, which is it's like running now. I think Raph's out. Oh. Leo is just about out. So, yeah, actually, I'm not sculpting them. I am actually the designer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The designer. Thanks for the correction. Yeah. Because um, one of the sculptors I know really well, the other one I, I never met before, but I've talked to him a few times. So, oh yeah, who are the guys who are sculpting? If you recall, because that that's uh, I'd love to cre credit them as well. Yeah, it's uh, Tony Cipriano, okay. uh, a really amazing sculptor, been around since the Garage Kit days. And then there's um, Paul Harding, the Harding Studios. Hmm. Uh, I'm not entirely clear on. I know Tony did the Frankenstein. And I'm pretty sure Harding did the, the Harding Studios did um, the uh, April O'Neil as a bride, mm. um, but I'm not sure they've kind of like split the duties on all the figures. And they all look fantastic so far. As, as oh we speak, we, yeah. we've seen Raph, Igor, Leo, uh, Mikey, uh, which might be my favorite. Uh, we've seen the box for Donnie, uh, April, and Splinter. So if if something amazing has been revealed since then then I apologize for not covering it. But those six are the ones I've seen as of our conversation. So, Yeah, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that some of my favorites have still not even been revealed. So, Ooh, that's uh, good. yeah, so uh, really exciting. And, you know, when Trevor came to me, and uh, I've known Trevor for, man, it might be 25 years, something like that. Trevor Zamet, who's uh, the one of the creative directors at NECA, I've known him for so long, and he got a hold of me to do these figures. I was so excited, and I, I right away I thought Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, Creature. But the first ones they brought were like Hunchback, and some of the like Van Helsing, and um, I thought it kind of threw me at first. But man, th those ended up being some of my favorite designs. Oh, very cool. You know, I, I was curious. Um, you know, you've been a part of so many toy lines. Were you ever interacted with Turtles before this or no? Never. Wow, that's it's so interesting. Crazy. Yeah. Because I know you did some work for Playmates, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, when I first I graduated from college in 86, so I've been around for a long time, but I went to Cleveland Institute of Art, uh, graduated with an illustration and cinematography degree from uh, Cleveland Institute of Art, and I got hired by American Greetings right away. Within a couple years, I think it was like my first year there, I pitched Barnyard Commandos, uh, which was totally inspired by, I, I did comics too, traveled around to comic shows. Sometimes we'd set up right next to Mirage Studios. So oh, a wow. lot of those guys did different books for Mirage Studios. I never really met Kevin East. Set up right next to them at shows, but a lot of shows are really huge and lots of people there and stuff. But uh, I knew some of the other guys that did books for them. But um, so I did comics for a while. I saw that 
Mutant Ninja Turtles was just taking off. And I knew that, that it had been placed at Playmates. Uh, so Barnyard Commandos was totally inspired by that. Uh, and I brought it into my bosses based on that. And I remember talking to them about, you know, uh, hey, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is this new brand. It's, it's been in comics for a few years. I know that Playmates picked it up. We really need to be in this space. And my boss is just saying, no one's ever going to remember that name, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Kids aren't going to learn that. There's And just getting like all this pushback. But my one boss, my immediate, uh, the one I reported to, he kind of got it. So he let me go and just went crazy. So of all places, all the places we pitched Binary Commandos, of course, it goes to, to Playmates, which had the, the master license for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's such a fun toy line. It's great. Oh yeah, yep. it was. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I it came out in that jaunt the same time uh, the same time as Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think it kind of had its own voice, which was really cool. It wasn't like uh, you know an action figure where the characters had weaponry and accessories that they held in their hands and everything. It was a little bit more like a, a younger age toy, kind of like almost like a uh, squeaky toys. <laughs> um, <laughs> for dogs or something, but they, uh, yeah, they, they end up being pretty popular for two years and then just kind of just died. <laughs> uh, I guess getting to this, I would love to hear about how this came about. So, uh, do you, what, what were the origins of this line? Cause it was, it kind of came as a surprise to everybody because you know, it wasn't something Trevor or, uh, uh Trevor and, and, and NECA had really done before. Yeah, I know it, it's kind of a tradition with the Mutant Ninja Turtles through Playmates where they did the, the Universal Monsters a number of times. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I'm not sure how many times, but at least twice. Um, you, you probably know better than me. Uh, I even went back and looked at some of those old designs and everything because I am a big advocate for not trying to repeat yourself, but, but also being true to what fans are looking for. Um, but when Trevor called me, it was mo mostly because... Uh, we had a history on some other uh, products with DC collectibles when he was there um, before he went to NECA. Um, so he knew I was a big Universal Monsters fan and uh, it seemed to make sense. But he was very specific on he wanted something more true to the Universal Monsters, more realistic mm. than what had been done before. And also uh, he wanted the Turtles to be based on the original uh, live action film version. So we were looking at the suits and how they actually looked when we were combining them with the Universal Monsters. So we, we, I thought that was something that was kind of a point of difference from the ones that had been done before. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because it does look like you know if if the Henson Creature Shop made these right. Like I, I didn't yeah. really notice it until honestly, like not that I didn't notice it, but like I I wasn't really putting that together until you see April and and Judith Hogan's April. I was like, oh wait, this really is a movie line right and it's so yep. cool to see yeah by way of jim henson's creature shop that's a great observation because that's that's totally what we we went for uh of course trying to get all the tropes that you remember with the, the universal monsters like i i mean since it is a licensed item we can put the bolts in the neck and everything else that you know is is uh true to the universal version the boris karloff version uh, which was really cool for me because that's what I want to do. I don't want to sure. hear too far away from that. I want to do a homage to that and to uh, uh, went back and watched that original movie just a few months ago. And it, those suits are, they still hold up. They're, they're, 
they're really cool. I have a lot of character considering the time, you know, but you know, Jim Henson's creature shop was one of the best oh, yeah. uh, in those days. So, um, but uh, yeah, it was really, um, we, and when we did the concept art, I literally would do like, I think for Frankenstein, I did two different designs and they picked one. That's what we went with. You know, it was a, it was a pretty quick process. And I think it was because, you know, you got Trevor Zammett who knows the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles brand so well. Oh, yeah. And I knew those universal monsters so well. I think it was just like, um, it was bound that we were going to arrive at some designs we liked right away. You know, I'm curious, how does, I don't know if there's a good answer to this, but how does keeping it in the creature shop space affect how you design them? Like, were there certain constraints with that? I mean, how did it work for you than you normally would do? Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. A lot of the work I do now is, I've been doing this for 30 something years. So a lot of the work I do for companies, they just say, uh, design me a, a character and I'll come up with a character. I do this design work, I sculpt it. It's all totally me. So just recently, I started to have companies come to me and say, could you do your take of this classic character, which is, that's really fun because I'm a fan of, you know, like all these old movies and the old 1930s universal movies and everything. So it's a great challenge because I want to bring so much of myself to the table, but you got to be true uh, and, and hit all those, like I said, the tropes, all the things that we're used to seeing, uh, classic elements of those characters. So always always having um i teach at the cleveland Institute of art as well i always teach my students when you're doing anything that's got to be referenced based on a pop culture character or whatever i just create these boards that just have images of boris Karloff, frankenstein monster da, 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 all over it and then i'll have pictures of all the suits that were done for the teenage mutant ninja turtle movie and i have them all laid out and i'm constantly while i'm designing i'm constantly going back and forth to make sure i'm grabbing things and and bringing them into the designs as i do them uh, so it is, it's like, it does got to be a little bit more conscious of the expectations of your audience, I guess, when you're doing something like this. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of elements. Like I have the raft in front of me. Right. So like the, um, you've got the Henson creature shop in there, you've got the universal monsters in there and you've got yourself in there. And like to try to kind of please all that must be like an interesting balance. Yeah, Definitely. Because, like I said, you also like to bring new things to the table too. Yeah. And Trevor was great at that. I mean, it, we definitely, and I'm, I'm sure, uh, Randy Falk uh, is another. Um, like I think he's head of design or uh, um, product development at NECA. I know he was throwing notes in too. But I would do like um, a sketch, and then Trevor had some. He would throw in some great ideas to kind of take it, maybe because. Uh, the other thing about the turtles is what makes them so popular is their their cool ninja action, but there's humor. Yeah. So as we're doing these monsters, you want to throw these elements in. Like uh, if you're looking at Raphael's Frankenstein, he's got the gauge <laughs> that's yeah. attached to his bolt neck bolt. He's got the sewer lid section uh, attached to his shell. So yeah, it's like all those things um, are very. It's a very conscious effort to make sure that we got that cool badass Frankenstein character we got were true to the costume that was created for um by the, the Henson creature shop and we also are bringing in some elements that are just going to play up on the humor of of the brand the 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 broken uh manhole cover for the shell it was the uh, like something I geeked out over when I opened this I was just like 
I, I love that detail. It was fantastic. Yeah, that makes sense because that I believe that was an idea that Trevor brought to the table. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if I I think I did a full sewer lid and then he said just do a section of it and have it attached to the one side. And uh so I definitely as I look back at those, it was it was definitely a, a team effort where I would throw a design at them and all of a sudden we start oh, let's add this, let's let's take this uh put this on this area or uh, then looking at the movies and saying, "Hey, this is a this is something that happens in the film." Is there a way to kind of bring that into the design as well? So it was really fun. You know, there's something I'm super curious about, and I've always wondered this for like I grew up with the old Turtles line, which you see a lot of behind me. Like I grew up with the Turtles line, and I always wonder like why did <laughs> they choose this one for like because they would do the set of four, right? And Raphael would be the baseball player, and Leonardo would be the football player, and all that. And I always wonder like. What motivated those choices? But nobody ever remembers thirty years later. I'm curious, like when you guys were laying out this line, what motivated which character got which creature or monster? Well, th that's where uh, I've been working in the toy industry long enough to know that if I walk into a room, I mean, I've dealt with Lucasfilm and stuff. I've I've gone out to Skywalker Ranch, and you walk into a room with five guys who live and breathe the brand, you don't go in and tell them what they should be doing, right? Uh, Trevor knows, he knows the turtles, man. And so that was all him. He chose the characters, he chose uh, which uh, monster that they were gonna be because and I, I totally trusted him. Even though I know even online I've had posts, as I've posted designs, there's still fans that get on there and go, why did you choose this for that? You know, everyone has their opinion on what character should be what monster and, and stuff. Sure. And I understand that, you know, people love this brand. But uh, yeah, I, I totally, that was Trevor. That was like, he came up with the list. He said, this is what we're doing for each character. And then I went to town. <laughs> I'll admit, I didn't, I didn't get Leo as Igor until I saw the swords through the shell. And I was like, I'm sold. That is great. I love that detail. It was so cool. That was like my favorite that and the fact yeah that and that was a detail sorry yeah and i'm trying to remember that when i did the concept i think that i don't think i had this the swords going through the shell like that i had the the opening shell with the skull inside and the shovels and all that stuff um where uh it's actually um accessorized that way but when i saw the swords that could go back into the shell i think that was they came up with that after i sent the design in I didn't know that they had done that until I saw the finished toy, which is sometimes that happens too. Like you're going, wow, I don't remember doing that in the design, but it's after the fact, even when they're working with the sculptors, you know, you don't want to ever close the door on a, on the creative process. So I'm sure even as they're working with the sculptors, they're saying, Hey, you know what? I just thought of this. Maybe we should try this. Yeah. The sword sold it. And I love the fact that the storage shell thing, do you remember where that came from? Because that's a throwback to the old toys, right? So that, do you know where that, do you remember where that idea came from? Yeah, I think that was my idea. I didn't know it had been done with some of the previous toys. Oh, wow. But, that's awesome. But for me, I just thought that it was logical. I just wanted to have that uh, one of the accessories be the abnormal brain that uh, from the original movie, the eager grabs the, you know, Abby normal from the young Frankenstein movie. But yeah. uh, I wanted to have that as an accessory. And I, I know that, the old school toy designer in me, which is why I really love the idea of the swords going into the shell, is I'm all about like 
as few loose parts as possible that you could always somehow connect them to the character or put them into the character or anything, whenever there's a chance to do that. And I think that's a great thing. So um, yeah, I just thought it was somewhere to put that jar with the brain in it. That's kind of like hidden away in like a, a little reveal once you get the figure, but then it, then I still also like to, even when you take it out, there's there needs to be detail inside there. And that's where the skull came from and the, the shovels and everything. So it's such a cool design like that uh, that that really just like came to life for me so I'm, I'm i'm i think some people have gotten theirs already and i'm like i'm jealous because mine's still on um, yeah i only have the frankenstein myself yeah so uh and that's the thing is that if if they would have came to me and said hey which monsters you want to do i would have gone with that or you know wolfman frankenstein dracula da, 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 da. but the fact that trevor's bringing in things like the the hunchback i'm like i'm not sure i would have done the hunchback but you still want to make it as cool as you possibly can. And, and it did end up being one of the, the cooler figures. So uh, that's always nice to see a surprise like that, where, you know, even though you're doing something that wouldn't be on your A-list, that you can still make it something compelling. What's the process like? So like, um, uh, you know, you got the list of, of, of who's going to be what from Trevor. Uh, what, what, how does it go after that? What, 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 what's the process? Um, well, uh, I don't know if I had told you in the emails, but, um, some of the ones that were done, there's some designs that I did early on that, uh, I'm getting messages that our connection is unstable. So if I freeze or anything, you'll know, you'll know gotcha. it's, it's uh, a little rough here, but, um, yeah, it's like, uh, some of the ones that were done early on, haven't even been re revealed yet. So even though we've gone through this design process, we've done, I think I told you like there there might be 11 at this at this point some of them have not been revealed. I don't know which ones they might have even this happens too. They might even decided not to release some of them. So sure. that's why I'm sure they're very careful about what they're revealing and when they're revealing it and stuff. So uh um there's still so many that you guys haven't seen but yeah, we just go one by one. We keep hitting them. We did a first wave, then there was a few months uh interim between those. And then Trevor came back and said, hey, we're going to do another four. And we did designs on another four. But we we go one at a time. I think the only two that I pitched, there were two that I did re more recently. The last ones I did pitched two characters at the same time. Just to, And I do one sketch, front view, throwing the details on there and everything and try to sell Trevor and the guys at NECA on this particular design. They say, okay, let's go with it. And then I'll do the uh, front and back and... Sometimes I take the shell off so you can see what the sculpture might look like underneath the shell uh, mm. and stuff just to help the sculptors out. Um, but uh, yeah, it is. It's like pretty much one at a time going right at them, getting them right, getting them where we want them and uh, that we both agree that, that they're uh, right. We're ready to move on to the next one. And then, uh, like I said, in all, we've done about 11 designs and uh, some of the coolest ones are still to come, but uh like I said, there's some that I didn't expect to be as cool as they are. Splinter. Splinter's freaking awesome. Yeah, He's let's talk about Splinter. Well, that, that, I thought that was an interesting, interesting choice. Him as Van Helsing. But I was like, I'm 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 I, I never I like the whole the whole look, the hat, the accessories look crazy on that one. It looks great. Yeah, and I thought Splinter as Van Helsing made a lot of that was one that made sense to me that uh in the movies, Van Helsing is the guy who knows everything. He's the one that kind of knows, hey, I, I know how to take care of Dracula. If you listen to me. And he basically guides every other character in the film on how to combat 
um, this monster. So uh, Splinter being that character, it just makes sense to me. He's the guy that trained the turtles and, and uh, the accessories that he comes with are so cool. And he's got the long coat and the wide brimmed hat. Uh, we weren't, I mean, right away when I say that, you might think we're maybe going after the um, Hugh Jackman movie, but we weren't. We we're still looking at some of the more classic, even a little bit. Maybe there was some, if you're familiar with the Hammer horror movies, um, maybe some of that kind of creeps in there from from time to time, because those are very well, those were very much inspired by the Universal Monster movies, too. Um so yeah, Splinter ended up being. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to see. I, I know that's probably going to be the next one. They're going to be the doing the full reveal on. I think we've just seen one photo so far. Uh, forgive me. Is is Van Helsing a Universal property as well, or no? It's not, right? Well, it's he's a character that's in the original Dracula novel. So in to a certain extent, he is public domain just like dracula is public domain sure but you go after specific like you go after specific elements that are dracula um from the universal movie mm -hmm. then they like bella lugosi's likeness as dracula uh they own that so you can't do that version of dracula without having to pay them a license um even the, the lugosi estate i think they have to pay if you're using his likeness but van helsing was one dare I say they might not have had to license that from Universal because, you know, are we sticking really close to uh, uh, the original Van Helsing from the 1931 Dracula film? Nah, he's, we added some things to make him more cool. Did he run around with a crossbow and all this stuff? Um, no, that's that might be more inspired by things that came later. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Van Helsing was part of the original, you know, film but just because he was in the original novel um assuming it's one that we've seen already if not like let's just say next question what was the first one you worked on or drew frankenstein there okay. was uh, Raphael's frankenstein what was the i don't know i'm curious if there's any memories from putting it together if there's favorite details of yours like anything else that you that we haven't talked about already that about that figure because it's such a great design yeah and um uh, first concepts you know you don't when I'm in the conceptual stage, just getting started, you don't want to spend too much time on a design. You want to get your point across and get the design across, but you want to do quick sketches so you can show a number of them. And if you spend too much time on one and it's nixed in 30 seconds, then it's a waste of time. So I do really quick, super quick roughs. And uh, for Frankenstein, for me, sometimes, uh, if you remember, if you know anything about the old Universal Frankenstein movies, he had this, you know, kind of the suit with the shirt underneath. And that's how we all kind of think of Boris Karloff Frankenstein. But there was also a version in Son of Frankenstein, which was still Boris Karloff playing the character. Uh, he had this big furry vest um, that looked a little bit more like a barbarian or something like that. And then he had like uh, um, almost like, I don't even know, like kind of old work clothes underneath that uh, with the big fur vest over the top of it which I always thought was really cool. Um, and it's a, it's like the second version of Frankenstein anyone that's a fan always thinks of. So I tried a version with the big furry vest and then one with the suit. And uh, I think the decision was made to go more with the suit because that was more recognizable. Sure. But um, the concept with the, the big furry vest, I think that was really cool too. Um, 
I love the uh, the lightning bolt size too. That was such a clever, nice. Oh, addition. That just that just that had to happen. You know, yeah, like just right. it's, it just made so much sense. Um, we haven't. It's funny enough. We haven't talked about the one that I I think is my favorite so far, which is the Michelangelo mummy, which looks great. I I didn't put it together at first, and I'm a little embarrassed by it. But like, there's the alternate head of that thing, which was based on that rotted old animatronic head of Leonardo, but put into Michelangelo as the mummy, which I was like, I went nuts over that detail. It's so clever and great. I just the, that one might it's probably my favorite. Yeah, and I couldn't tell you that that's not something I kept wanting to as much as you want to get an expression on the character's face and everything. Uh, Frankenstein, I think we got the little snarl that Boris Karloff used to do a little bit. Um, but with the mummy, I'm doing some other stuff with the Universal Mummy right now. And it's hard to put an expression on the character's face because it starts mm. to not look like the mummy, you know. So I did that traditional head where it's just the, the droopy eyes and that expressionless face. But I believe it was, it's was it got to be either Trevor or Randy Falk that came up with that alternative head. That was reference that we had. I remember Trevor finding that reference of the rotted um, rubber head and just going, wow, this is so cool. And uh, I think that was an idea that came up came up after I handed in the design. So yeah, it's, I thought that was really clever myself. But the mummy is one that I look at it now. It's probably the minute you see it and the way the bandages were done and everything, it looks really close. It, it really is reminiscent of that original Universal Monster. I think that one really like hits oh, you. Yeah. That, that is the mummy. That's the old Boris Karloff. Lon Chaney Jr. played the mummy. So he's a little combination of both those things. Um, but I love the uh, hieroglyphics on the shell and stuff i i know it's funny we haven't seen that yet but we saw it in the original concept drawing and i was like oh man that's such a cool detail i can't wait to see the pictures of it the uh the the different hieroglyphics on the shell it's so cool oh yeah i guess i'm thinking of the little animated shorts that they're doing and stuff um oh yeah that's right. you can see a little bit in there yes you're right yeah I don't, I don't know i have to go back and watch that because i've just always assumed that everyone's seen those hieroglyphics and stuff but yeah, they're really cool. And there are there's some that are specifically designed to fit in the um Mutant Ninja Turtle universe and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then uh the snake the snake is uh was originally uh, designed wrapped around the character's leg, and that was kind of a homage to the old Aurora mummy model kit, because on oh, the box cool. art that has the snake wrapped around the character's leg. So that was kind of a conscious little detail in there. And then they of course the uh the onks as as the daggers i think that, that was such a clever move to have oh, the nunchucks yeah that was so cool i, I was like oh man uh, like like along with the raft thing i was like oh that's the perfect marriage of those two things right it's great yeah and that's what's cool about when like frankenstein being first uh whenever you design a character like once frankenstein was done and we had come up with that cool idea of those uh, lightning bolts for uh the daggers then uh that becomes your archetype now every time you do one we go we, got, we want something just as cool for this character can we go at it the same way with the same brain um the same uh idea with this character and that's where every one of them kind of start to fall in the line you, you use that first one as every one of these has to be just as cool even though it's hunchback he has to be just as cool as that frankenstein and and that's that's the other yardstick you kind of use to get these things going well, yeah, because you knocked it out of the park with that raft. So it, it makes sense. It's a, it's a hell of a thing to measure it against. It's just such a strong way to begin the line. 
So, yeah. And it's, and it is, it's like when you think of universal monsters, I think you're thinking Frankenstein and Dracula right out the bat. Those were the first ones. Those are the ones that, you know, you even had Phantom of the Opera and, and the Hunchback of Notre Dame, but the ones that really launched that universal monsters brand were those first two movies. Um, speaking of which that, that rotted Mikey head, that was a Trevor idea. Cause I, I the second I saw it, I was, I started texting him being like, dude, I had no, idea. this is such a great idea. It, it's such a, like, it's such a weird part of turtle online, whatever fandom to bring it into a toy and do that. It was just like, I don't know. I went nuts for it. It was great. Yeah, I definitely. And it, and I know Trevor, uh, the thing about Trevor is he, I had a studio, I'm in Ohio and I used to live in a suburb of Cleveland called Lakewood, Ohio. And I had a studio where I did toy design in the back. And then we kind of had a gallery up front where we sold some of our artwork and everything. And, uh, Trevor used to come in. Uh, I see you, but I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes. So we could, we were like so close to the end that it just seems silly to reschedule. So like, I my power just went out and I heard a transformer explode outside my house. Oh no! <laughs> Do you have a, you have a um, a storm going on there or just a there heat? was one earlier today? It's fine now though. Like I, I don't think I'm that far from you. I think we're both in New York. It's just I don't know. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so I think I mean I'm okay with the last three minutes of this being slightly worse audio quality. If you want to wrap it up, I'm okay with it. But I, I heard the the power went off and then I heard an explosion. I was like. Yeah, my entire day is now going to be spent at Starbucks. So, <laughs> oh no, yeah, I can see it's all dark behind you and everything. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's up to you. I had just told a story about how um, Trevor and I first met, and you know, a little bit of our history and everything. Oh, so. please, yeah, uh, tell me that, and, and that's, that sounds great. How did you guys first meet? Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I'm from. I'm actually in uh, a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio, and I had a studio in Lakewood, Ohio, which is a, a kind of one of the smaller suburbs. And he would come in from time to time when he was, I think he was a teenager and he would show us his portfolio and said he wanted to do toy design. And he had characters he had created and me and some of the other artists in the studio would talk to him and go through his portfolio. And he was just really, you could tell he was just like driven. He just really wanted to get into toys and, and be a toy designer. And, uh, and then we kind of lost touch over the years. And then I started seeing his, he would, he, he actually curated gallery shows from time to time in New Jersey. And I do a, a piece for some of his gallery shows. And then I started to see his name at all these toy companies. So uh, it was kind of awesome that just a couple of years ago, we were put back in touch. He was the art director on the Batman uh, character um, uh, designs that I did for DC comics he was an art director there and we worked together on those and then we've just stayed in touch ever since. So, um, yeah, I just think it's awesome when, you know, you have that long of a relationship with somebody in the toy industry. It's always a cool thing. And it's such a cool like marriage of ideas for you guys to come together because like if, if fans don't know, like check out, uh, check out James Groman's monsters and your art toys. Like there's so much awesome stuff that the second they mentioned, that you're going to be doing these, I because I'm familiar with the work. I was I was way excited because it's such a great combination. It's it's so good. Oh, uh, thanks. And uh, go out and buy them all so we can do more. Yeah, <laughs> Just, exactly. I, I'd I love to see the line. About, um, April. Um, 
April was April always going to be Judith Hope because that was that was such a pleasant surprise when that came out. I, I, was, I was so happy about that. Yeah, that was I, I think that was the very first idea that Trevor sent over uh, for for her. It just seemed like a natural. And once again, you'd probably know better than I do if they've done that already. If Playmates had already they done, had her, done that in the classic line. Yeah. And they like there was a second wave of Universal Monster Turtles and April is Bride of Frankenstein was something they did before because it's a nice I mean, you know, it's a, there's not a lot of female characters to choose from them. And it's a nice marriage character. So. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love how her outfit came out, out and she's got the shoulder bag uh that's got the stitching and the bolts and nuts on it and everything and the chain that holds it around her her uh shoulder so that was really cool because that was such a signature part of her character in the original movie and then we added the staff um with the electrical box on it and everything so yeah i thought she really came out great too and the sculptor did an amazing job i really tried to get that likeness uh right in the design but i knew that the sculptor was really good mm -hmm. it's just the best thing they could do is just grab photos and stuff and just really kind of go at that likeness. And I think they did a really great job. Oh yeah. They had nailed it when they did a movie toy. So it was a really nice, like it, it was really cool to see her done so faithfully. So uh, is there anything you wanted to say about Donnie is the invisible man? We haven't seen much of it yet, but is there anything you wanted to mention about that? Yeah. And um, comes with some cool accessories. Uh, once again, one cool. that uh, I think as far as, clever use of materials i think that when i say materials it's like how we're going to be how the plastics are going to be treated and stuff um I, I i hesitate on mentioning any of this because i'm not sure if it's something i should be revealing but you know having being able to use clear plastics you know i think that's going to really add yeah. to transparent uh plastics i think that's really going to add to the overall feel of the character and everything and uh, he, he comes with a couple, um, like experimental rat lab rats and stuff. And, uh, it's, I think it's going to be, um, one of the, the more interesting characters as far as use of materials. Oh, I think we froze up again. I am so sorry. Jesus Christ. I don't know what's going eh, on. Um, about it. but anyway, Donnie, Donnie looks good. From what we've seen so far, Donnie looks great and I'm very excited about it. Yep. And uh, I thought that was one that, once again, there was a, as we were designing the characters, there were just things that just made sense for that crossover with the Invisible Man. And uh, once again, that one, you look at that character, uh, when you see the actual toy, that's another one that the minute you see it, you know, it's, it's referencing the original Claude Rains movie, which was one of the first, I mean, believe it or not, it's not one of the most well-known Universal Monsters, but uh, it was one of the first films that they did. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I, I know those movies, but I, I have a passive knowledge of them, not a deep knowledge. Yeah, they were, they were such an inspiration for, for me when I was a kid. When I saw them, they were, they were so cool. When I saw them when I was a little kid, I used to actually think they weren't, I thought they were a dream. I did, did I really see that movie? That was, it was that cool. Um, so it was, it was a big inspiration for me, you know, almost everything I do. And I'm doing some more Universal Monster stuff right now. Uh, where I'm going a little bit more straight at the the classic characters, but still bringing in that James Groman spin on them. So uh, it's it's always great to play in that. And as we always say, it's like playing that sandbox, you know, the the world of the Universal Monsters. That's great. 
you, you know, my last question for you, and I ask this of everybody, I, I always ask everybody their favorite turtle. If you have one, great. Or if not, just your favorite of the four you've designed so far. I would love to hear. Oh, boy. The ones that have come out, there's some that are coming out uh, in the future that might be my all-time favorites because they're my favorite monsters. But uh, okay. as, as far as the ones that we've already done, I might I might go with the mummy. Yeah, that one's great. It's so good. I'm 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 like I I'm a Donatello guy, so I'm excited for the Invisible Man. But man, that mummy looks so good. I'm I he's the most like I'm the most excited for him. I think. Yep, and I think that's like I said. I think one of the reasons I I kind of default to that one is because it you look at it and it is it has all those reference details to the original film that really just oh yeah that's that's the Boris Karloff Universal Mummy. You know, um, really try to keep those bandages and the way they're wrapped and everything looking like they did in the film and even the expression on the face and, the, and then the extra head. Yeah. Hieroglyphics on the shell. Yeah, that one. I really like that one a lot. You know, I'm all set. I wanted to thank you for doing this and sorry for the technical difficulties. And but uh, I, don't worry I, about I appreciate it. talking to you. This is great. Thank you. Yeah. And I might say one more thing, because Daniel Horn Please. did all the box art. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with Daniel Horn's work, but he did the illustration on the boxes. He's amazing. I think that was such, that was genius to get him involved in this project. So as you guys pick up the toys and everything, um, if you're loving the boxes, go check out Daniel Horn's work. He's really uh, amazing. Yeah, the boxes are great. I, I open up these things, but I'm, I'm not getting rid of the boxes because they're just beautiful. <laughs> they really are great. Yeah, and they give everybody credit. Everybody that worked on the line gets credit. So yeah, that's awesome too. That's awesome. Okay, sir. A huge pleasure to talk to you again. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, man. Nice talking to you. You too. This was fun. Bye-bye.